Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show and this week we are tackling the subject of goal setting. We do this each year and I guess the whole goal of this is to incrementally improve, get better and deliver more for you, our clients. There's a lot to take out of this, so make sure you take plenty of notes, but most importantly, as always, make sure you take plenty of action. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Orenshaw. So good to be here, AB. 2024, happy new year, buddy. Likewise, how was Christmas? It was like really it was good. good oh, it was really good to me. How was it for you? Fantastic. Good time with the kids and uh, good rest up and uh, good chance to reflect on the year that was, which was an absolute ripper. Indeed, and it's uh, probably my favorite time that we ever get to sit down and do this, AB. And I know we do this personally ourselves anyway, but you know, for our listeners out there, the New Year, New Goals episode, I think it's our fifth time now doing this. Mm. It's a cracker. So let's get stuck into some setting and some intentions. Absolutely. And, and, and look, a lot of people go, well, why are you doing another podcast on the same thing? And I think repetition is the mother of all skill. Uh, and this is the crux of any success pattern in life is having a very clear intention as to what you're looking for. So I'm sure we'll have a bit of flavor for what's relevant this year for people. So let's dive into it. What do you got for me? That's right. And we're constantly evolving and learning too always. So mm. new techniques will factor in this time. Let's start off, I think, uh, importantly, as you kick off the new year, it's important before you start setting intentions and looking forward is to have that reflection. So 2023, for our listeners out there, sit back and have a reflection on the year. So if I can ask you to make this as practical mm -hmm. as possible, what worked well, what didn't and why? That's always a good place to start, you know, so you can leverage off the previous year's successes and, uh, and of course, identify some of the things that were more challenging. And look, we had our fair share of both last year. Uh, and I think it's very, very important to be objective about this. The last thing you want to do if you're sitting down and going, okay, how was your year for you? If it wasn't quite what you wanted, you've got to avoid like the plague getting into that negative self-talk. Oh, it was another wasted year. This always happens to me. That is not the intention of this because that will create uh, a really constricting thought pattern that's going to stop you really growing. Instead, I think it's better to uh, to really be objective and again, celebrate your wins uh, and the goals that you kicked. And for those those goals that perhaps you missed, explore why. And for example, it may be that that goal wasn't actually as important to you as you thought it was going to be. So you may have started the year with the intention of um, learning to play the guitar. And you've got to the end of the year and it's still in the case in the wardrobe and you haven't touched the thing. And, and so why was that? Well, other things came up that were either more pressing or perhaps you found other things that were more important to you to do at the time. And that one slipped off the radar. And that's okay because some of your goals that you set in the heat of the moment um, may seem like they're important, but in the fullness of time, you go, it's not that important to me. So it can stay where it is. I need to create the bandwidth for something that is a little more. So even if it's something you haven't achieved, there can be reasons for that. And I don't say that to, to give people a get out of jail card, but priorities do shift through the year, especially when it comes to business uh, or investing goals, that's for sure. I actually got a personal example on that. So if I reflect on- My guitar is still another case in the Yeah, world. I know Didn't it is. It. It's a good guitar too that it you've is. got. You need to it use it, otherwise I'll take it off you. Mm -hmm. um, my, my year last year, so one of my goals was to read 12 books. Mm -hmm. Another one of my goals amidst the ones I've got was to run my first half marathon. Mm -hmm. and I managed to run two last year, but I found that because I was running so much and the length of my runs were getting longer, Longer, I actually had less time in the evening or before work to be able to read books. Mm -hmm. So for me, I prioritize health and fitness, training for marathons versus reading books. Still read a lot of books, mm -hmm. but didn't quite get to my goal. But 
that's okay because the first, the, the important thing came first. Yep, and, and it is. It's a constant um, process of reevaluation. And if you've got a family, if you've got kids, especially, um, that ability for your kids to hijack your time uh, for for putting it in very cold terms is is a very real prospect. And so all of a sudden, that window that you may have thought you had isn't there now. Um, on the subject of books, one of mine last year. Uh, was to write a book, and we didn't really arrive at doing that. Um, so we kicked the can around and mulled it for a little while, and it wasn't really until till Easter uh, that we said, "No, we're going to commit to this." So uh, very pleased to say it was written and has been published, uh, and was published in November. So um, in terms of that, there's actually a launch coming up very very shortly. We held the launch till the New Year, so we didn't get overshadowed by Christmas, uh, and that's actually coming up very very shortly. And you'll get some information on that. 24th uh, of uh, February will be the official launch date of the Wealth Playbook. Uh, you can get onto online now and pre-order your copy, wealthplaybook.com.au. But yeah, written, published, done, and, and, and that was huge because I thought, okay, and, and you know because you were involved with the, the, some of the interview work that we did to to get the content. And that was a very good example of taking this enormous project. Uh, and, and I have to say that the, what I learned in that publication process this year blew me away in that you, you always think you have an understanding of how things actually work. And the reality was really quite different. I think I've written it, I'm done. And oh, no, 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 <laughs> that's not how it works at all. Uh, so, you know, there were a lot of new skills acquired through there, new relationships too with with different people, different experts to assist in that. And, you know, from a, a sense of, of fulfillment, people said, you know, it take two, three years to write that. It's done. It was done in six and a half months. That's crazy. Mm. And, and the reason being, of course, you set an intention, yep. you developed a process and a habit, mm. and you got it done with a deadline. And I'm sure you you reap the rewards of it over Christmas too. You and the family celebrated accordingly. Very much so. Uh, you know, and, and, and hats off to my wife because, I mean, she's ultimately the one that, that probably has sacrificed a little bit more in terms of some of my time and focus while we're working on that project. Um, but it's done now. And the great thing about that whole business model is that it's work that you do once, but it's a one-to-many communication platform. And I hope that we're able to reach millions of people with it and get that message out there. And it gives you great scale. So very, very excited about that one. So that was a huge one. And, uh, and, and I really didn't want to do it. If you talk to a couple of people in the team, yourself included, at the start, nah, nah, don't, nah not, not, not doing this. And it took a reframe of the reason why we were doing it and really getting to grips with that to, 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 to sort of kick me up the pants and go, okay, that's solid, let's do it. And once you commit to something, nothing's going to hold you back if you're serious about it. That's right. So change of pace as we talk about the reflection component of the episode, AB. Anything that didn't work well for you last year? Something you didn't quite get to? Oh, look, I think there are, there are always a few of those. Um, there was one that was a late starter for me. Uh, that was more on the health and fitness front in terms of training. And, and I really, I've, 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 I've been traveling a little bit more than I have been in, in the COVID environment, and that's not the softener for it. So I had to find a training routine that worked around that, that let me do what I have. And probably the last three months of the year, I really hooked into that. So it took me a while to get there to find find that groove. And I think, again, that's one of the things with with setting proper properly structured goals. It's not the the achievement of it, it's the habit and the process that you need to build uh, to get there. And, and I went down a lot of different pathways with that where I thought I'm on a particular training regime and it still wasn't getting me where I want. And it was, yeah, it was probably the last quarter of the year where it really started to hit. That's something I've been able to carry through the Christmas period. Although I've been doing plenty of plenty of manual work on the farm over the holidays, I have to say. Um, but, um, and, and yeah, that's really now started to get there. And I'm kind of frustrated that it took me three quarters to get there 
but I'm also very grateful that I did get there in the way that I did. So you're really, really happy. A lot of it's involving uh, bike uh, bike work because unfortunately my knees are shot uh, from, from my football career uh, and not just bike work, but a particular type of cycling that. So, you know, I've, I've, I've really found the groove that's working for me and I'm enjoying it, it's, it which is great. Perfect. So yeah, let's let's now move forward. So 2024, fresh year, fresh mm. opportunity for our listeners out there that maybe had a great year last year or didn't. Either way, it's a fresh restart to mm. go again. So in terms of setting intentions for 2024, I guess it really comes down to two things: working out what it is that you want and why you actually want it before you work out what the process is. So how do you actually do so? Yeah, look, I mean, the analogy for it, you will spend our time and effort climbing the ladder. The worst thing you can do is find that ladder's leaning against the wrong wall and you've got to come down and Ooh. move along and start again. So it's definitely worth doing that. And I think as I've gotten older, taking the time to think is actually something we don't do enough of. You think I need to be doing stuff. I've got this, got all these different things, multiple businesses, multiple different endeavors, different spaces. So you need to be busy all the time doing that. You actually don't, it's the opposite. You need to take that time out to really set what your intention is and think about why something is important to you. Um, you know, this year, for example, um, you know, we have a wealth management business that we're, we're rolling out, which will be an adjunct to what we do within the book. And our goal is to um, become in the sort of wealth space, I suppose, what we are in the trading. And that is where we provide practical tools for people to better guide themselves on this journey. And you know, again, that's taken a lot of thought process up in terms of, okay, the goal is to set up a wealth planning business. It's actually not the goal. That's the byproduct of it. We want to provide a facility that people can get an outcome they want. And the reason, the driver for this, uh, the, the the real driver for it, is that people deserve a better go than what they're getting. You know, the the funds management and financial planning industry in its current guise. Yeah, the Royal Commission showed it for what it was, um, you know, fee for no service and, and, and pretty average products and so on and so forth. And people deserve something better than that. So our driver is to better provide a, an environment that's low cost, that's safe to learn and where people can then make better quality decisions and then be in control of those decisions, but lean on the tools that they need on the way through. So there's a huge amount of thought pattern going in there. Um, but again, you know, the, 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 the identity goal behind it, so the, the, the achievement goal might be a wealth management firm. The habit is, I guess, all the all the activities that are driving that is building the tools and the facilities uh, that give people the ability to do that. But the identity goal is someone that opens the door of opportunity and helps people get to where they want to be. So there are three different layers within there. There's the the the, the overall driver, that desire to want to help people get where they want to be, which is very, very powerful tool. And then there are the mechanics of what's going on, and then there's the outcome from it. So the three different layers within there. That's awesome. Mm. What about a personal goal of yours this year, 2024? Oh, look, there, there are there are certainly a few of those. I want to get a lot more done on my farm this year. We had a, a good tickle at it last year, um, and again, learned an awful lot. Learned what works, what doesn't, and I, and I realised why I'm a, a financial markets trader and not a farmer. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's been a very enjoyable process on the way through. And I think sometimes, you know, even when things haven't worked the way you expected the outcome I've got from it is a wealth of knowledge, uh, things that I would not have even entertained or thought of in the past. And it's that practicality uh, that's there. 
so I, I lose a season. It's taken me another year to learn those skills, but I'm ready to go this year. And I guess, you know, again, when we look at what we do, a lot of people waste a lot of years trying to work it up on their own, and we, we can kind of provide that counselling service to to avoid that. I wish I found someone that would have maybe mentored me a little bit more through that farming journey. So that's 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 absolutely one for sure. Um, you know, we've got some some good travel lined up for this year again. Yeah, you know, last year was was fantastic. You know, we had you know a good six seven weeks in Europe with the kids, which was which was absolutely brilliant. And and plans to do much the same sort of thing in that space. I mentioned about health and fitness, they're, they're very much in there. Um, but also, I think, again, just from that, 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 that personal perspective, personal growth is, for me, is, I guess, succession planning is a really important part of the business where the business isn't about me, it's about the empowered, strong characters and managers that we've got within it and starting to become someone that nurtures them on, rather like my farming journey. You know, providing that mentoring for them to nurture and to grow into their roles. And the serendipity of that is the more our people grow within their business and, and own their lane, if, if you will use that type of expression, the more latitude it gives me to focus on other things. Um, and that's not to say I'm planning on going to the beach and putting my feet up. I think you know me well enough uh, that that's not really something that, that, that floats my boat, certainly not at this point in time. Uh, but we've got some really, really ambitious plans for what we want to do, especially on the back of the book and the wealth management side. So I need that bandwidth. And and, yeah, we've got great talent in the business, so I think nurturing those people to to continue to grow and uh, in their journey is something that's really important to me on a personal level this year. Got you. Mm. So for our listeners out there, what's your advice? Because when we look at this from from your perspective, yeah. uh, you know, and we're both two achievement orientated people, so for us, this is just second nature, right? Spit mm. them out, get them done, move on. For anyone out there, how do you actually do this? really open-ended i know it is uh, and look there are a few things trying to try, again trying to do this on your own is, is is really hard i always say get a blank sheet of paper and work out what you want and uh, one of the things that we talk about in the book is is the notion of having a money date and i used to do this every uh, every week i played touch footy and then i'd go for dinner and the place i used to go for dinner i used to always go on my own one night a week and you think oh look at that sad person over there and i'd have a, a non-dating night during my bachelor life where really I just unusual. Have my evening uh, and this particular restaurant had paid paper tablecloths and I'd sit there and just doodle and draw and map out and mind map and I love actually doing that sort of stuff where you go okay this is kind of where I want to be and this is where we're at and these are the tools that we need and all of a sudden things sort of grow out of that because you're able to I guess get it out of your head and onto paper and I think for for, for a lot of people that are that are visual sitting down to to just say here's a blank bit of paper turn the phone off best time planning hack I got this year. Folk, you know, get all these apps for focusing and all this different stuff. Best app I found this year, put your phone on flight mode. It's absolutely nice. brilliant. Yeah. No one's going to disturb you. That's so obvious, right? World-class basics. Uh, and sit down with that sheet of paper for a few hours and get bored. This is something I've learned with my kids. You know, kids need time to be bored, to become creative. If you overstimulate all the time, or well, what's next? You don't spend that time, I guess, ruminating and, and, and digging deep in yourself. And I see that with my kids, my kids are young. But this is the same with goal setting too, in that you need that quiet time to be in your own head, not to be bored, but to go, okay, here's my blank bit of paper, let's just start doodling. Oh yeah, that's interesting. And just taking something on a thread and then fleshing it out. That's something personally I find. If you're not a visual person, you know, you maybe can't see yourself doing that. So maybe sitting down and having a chat with someone and, and just, or even if it's with yourself, voice memo. I know this is really weird. Scary, yeah. I can't actually imagine doing this to yourself, but uh, um, you know, sit down on voice memo and say, okay, these, this is, and just have this discussion 
with yourself, play it back, have a listen. You're either going to think you're totally mad or go, that was a great idea. Um, you know, and, and, and try and get a bit of clarity as to what you want and why. And then you can work on the vehicle that's going to get you there. And look, heaven knows we're in a very, very difficult economy right now where you know, a lot of households are struggling under higher mortgage or rent and the overall cost of living. So obviously working on money is going to be a big one for a lot of people to say, well, what can I do? Again, Wealth Playbook, we talk about things like side hustles and how to develop them to start to get extra income uh, because you need, to, you need to have a plan B. If you want to get investing and you can't get by on your current income, you've got to find a way of getting more income. Side hustle is perfect for that. And working out what that might be, and if it's something that's fun, all of a sudden you've got a paying hobby uh, that you can enjoy doing that might throw a few more dollars your way to then be able to come up for air get the bills under control and, uh, and start to save to become an investor. Really simple stuff. But again, it's taking the time out to really, really think about that. And, and it can seem intimidating because we place so much pressure on ourselves. I mentioned earlier on uh, during our conversation that you know, the self-talk that people have, they can be really, really harsh on themselves. And you've got to have good conversations with yourself. You can be honest, you can be direct, but you shouldn't be abusive to yourself because if that's how you are toward yourself, you're just chewing away at your own self-esteem all the time. That's not going to help you in any way, but you'd be honest. So maybe you're sitting down and really thinking about, you know, this is what I want and why I want it. And then you can start to work on a plan. But if you don't know what you want, there's no point even starting on a plan because, well, you know, you're just grasping at straws. There's no, when it gets tough, you've got no sort of internal motivation to want to get there. And again, try and avoid working through things. I want this, my goal is this or that. You're better off working on the habits. And I always say to people, um, you know, if you think about the, the items you might want or achievement goals, if you put it that way, I know we're both achievement driven. That's kind of the steering wheel to point you in the right direction, but the accelerator and brake are the habits that you build behind that. So in your instance, I know that you have, you don't enjoy reading or you certainly didn't in the past and you've forced it upon yourself to become someone that reads for a period of time every day so you've built that habit up that's right so that now your identity is i'm a reader as opposed to my identity is i don't like reading yeah and that's just an observation of you know having you around as part of the team now for for what's over five years and seeing how that that growth has happened for you and it doesn't happen by accident and you know when we talk about certain things now i know you've been reading because i know some of the conversations and answers that come out of those conversations are really different from where they would have been three or four years ago so it's huge growth there so it's not about i'm going to read a book it's the habit of allocating 20 30 minutes every day to do that to become someone that considers themselves a reader if you if you are someone that's looking to start investing uh, in uh, in the in the property space for example the the achievement would be to buy your first second third property whatever it may be the habit is going to be doing the research on the market to work out what kind of property is best suited for you, positively geared, negatively geared, uh, multi-dwelling, single dwelling, house and land, um, something needs a renovation or anything in between there. And then the identity of it is I've become a property investor. That's right. And that will flow through. But if you, if you, if you just focus on, oh, I want to have a property, but you're not prepared to do the work behind it, and congratulations to you, by the way, for your Thank property you. move last year. Um, yeah, if, if you're not prepared to do the work behind it, at the end of the year, you'll go, well, I still don't have that property because the accelerator wasn't pushed. The direction was I want property, but the accelerator wasn't pushed. And do you know what the biggest risk, the biggest fear anyone listening to this podcast should be having today, the biggest fear they should have is that they're in exactly the same position as they are today in a year's time. That would be a tragedy because you've lost a year of your life, you've not got close to your goals, Nothing's changed for you.
you've got to build those habits that are going to take you down different pathways to pick up new skills to get where you need to get to. It's, um, it's, it's quite interesting. And the fact that your goals are so different from mine versus what our listeners might be just shows how unique this can be, but how flexible it really can be. Mm. So if we talk about from here, AB, the, the vehicle as such mm. that you make mention of. So for example, our money in investing journals, which I use religiously, mm -hmm. as I know you do, mm -hmm. you created it, is to, to actually chunk things down and break them down. Yep. So your annual goals are then formed into quarterly goals, into weekly goals, into daily goals. So these annual goals, which is talking about what we want, the idea then is to chunk it down into the next quarter as such. So how do our listeners out there say, this this really big audacious goal I want by the end of this year, What's the process thereafter? Yeah, chunking down is crucial because it, it can be overwhelming and you might go, no, nah, it's not. Well, if it wasn't overwhelming, you'd have already done it. That's right. So there's a reason you haven't done it yet and that's because maybe the mountain was bigger than you thought or you didn't have the discipline or the habit to get behind it or you didn't even know that's what you wanted. So yeah, I think once you've worked out what you want, breaking it down into almost like a project plan, if you will. So, you know, if you think about, let's let's take an example of, in my case, taking my mob to Italy for, for six, seven weeks. So relatively straightforward, because my wife did it, no, she was the project <laughs> manager. I was the finance team, she was a project manager. But no, the, the process is, okay, let's break it down. So we're talking about 10 or 11 people here because kids, us, in-laws, nanny, it's a, it's a reasonable crew to it's move a decent around. Entourage, so yeah. we're going to say this community and plonk them over there. Big, big thing. And you break it down and go, okay, well, okay, looking from a budgetary perspective straight away, okay, there's an associated cost with that. So you're going to need to allocate some level of funding from somewhere to that, or maybe it's you know the profit from your trading for a period of time, whatever it may be, that's the number that you're going to need to come up. And, and this is at the planning stage, not the doing stage. Why? Well, if you can't come up with the dough, well, you're not going to book the airfare and it's not going to happen. So that's something that's what we would call a critical path in here. You've got to have the funding to do it. It's not uh, would be nice to go to that winery. It's the critical path of being able to get there. So earning and saving for our listeners Absolutely. out there to be so, able to do yep. what that is. So you're going to have your budget. You're going to work on your budget to say, okay, am I going to save a bit out of this? Or with your savings, you're going to do If you've got your emergency fund, you've got your investments working, are we going to carve some proceeds that we would normally reinvest, for example, and carve that out to have a, a, you know, a family trip? Okay, so budget side of it sorted out. Then there's logistical side of it. So, okay, which airline and the practicalities of that? What are you looking for? Is it about price? Is it about the service? In the case of us traveling with five children, you know, we've got to be quite sensitive to the actual times of the flights, for example, because, you know, taking young kids and, you know, my youngest is, is two currently on a on a 26 hour uh, trip uh, to the other side of the world is actually really difficult from a sleep perspective so that when they get there, they don't know what jet lag is. You know, as an adult, you can say, look, you've got to tough it out for another six hours and you're going to go to sleep at whatever and then you'll be fine tomorrow. Kids don't know and understand that. So making it as sympathetic as possible on the flying times. Maybe there's a destination you want to go through on the way and stop off to break the flight up, who knows. Um, so there's a consideration from a logistical perspective. Once you've done that, where are you going to go there? And then the planning process of the... So this is actually quite a sizable project. It's not just rocking up at the airport and, all right, we're going, guys. Let's have some fun when, when there are that many moving parts there. So sitting down with that blank sheet of paper and working out dates and the logistics becomes really important. So chunking it down into the individual projects uh, is key and then within those individual projects breaking them down so that for example if we if we um 
if we were to talk about, seeing as we're using the example of a trip, okay, let's talk about just the flight component. Okay, this is the budget roughly we're gonna need. These are the five airlines that go from a local airport, for example, on a direct flight, or do you wanna go from a bigger airport where you might have to have an internal flight? If it were me and my wife traveling, just us, I would probably do that because it's, it's possibly more convenient. But traveling with a group of 11 people, especially kids, adding an additional flight plus luggage and, and all the logistics, that's not an option. So the chunk down is, okay, that's the airport. Let's now look at the flight time windows that work. So these three airlines do the flight that goes out in the evening from that airport. These are the respective costs. And you're starting to break it down into, okay, this is what the actual hard number is for getting all those people over there. Bang, book it, done. That's the action step followed through. And that's probably the most um, critically important thing when you're making decisions is you never leave the side of a decision without taking an action step towards its realization. Yet in that example, a lot of people go, okay, well, they're the two flights. Maybe this airline is our preference and that's the cost. Well, let's go away and think about it for a few days. And then you go to book it and the airfares are more expensive and you're back to square one with your budget and oh, maybe we can get it cheaper if we went. And that whole thing goes on. So you've got to be prepared to then, when you arrive, at a decision box, actually make the decision and follow it through with an action step. We use the example of property. So when I add a property to the portfolio this year, great, okay. This is approximately what my budget will enable me to save is an investment property. So it's gonna be 20% of the deposit plus stamp duty. So I'm gonna need a property that sits in this particular price range, which gives me my deposit and stamp so I can, I can do it. And I've got the savings plan worked out there. Great, okay. So let's now break that down. What properties sit in that price range? Am I being driven by the type of property or am I being driven by the suburb that it's in? Because those two things can be quite different. You might be looking in, in, in say, Broadbeach, for example, and, and, and you say, look, the budget's a million dollars. Well, that's going to be an apartment. But if you've got a million bucks and you want a freestanding dwelling and you're prepared to look further afield, if you're looking in somewhere like Caboolture, you're going to buy a freestanding house and some with that. So the budget is one factor of it, but also what's the type of property that's there? Then the next part, what's the yield look like? Okay, so I've now worked out this is my suburb and this is the type of property. And now I'm on realestate.com with alert set up left, right and center so that I'm really looking at stuff and doing walkthroughs. Next part of the project, what does it actually look like when you get into the place? Setting some time aside to do a walkthrough in an open house so you can get a feel for it. Maybe you've got to talk to the accountant in terms of the, the tax side of it and what the benefits might be. These are all the action steps that kind of sit there. You can't just go, oh, by osmosis, I'm going to own a property by the end of the year. So chunking it down to those small sort of steps are really important. I was just going to add to that. That's that's one of my goals this year. So if I give our listeners some perspective, so I have a property in the south of Gold Coast. Mm. I live in a property in the, about the middle in Broadbeach. My plan this year is to get a property in the northern end of the Gold Coast, mm. somewhere where I expect migration, aiming for a high yield on a property. Mm. Ball's going to drop roughly around Southport, which is sort of the area I'm intending. Mm exactly the same process work out what i'm roughly going to earn how much i can save where that suburb is what kind of property it is and this is one two years in advance this mm. is not just a snap decision oh, i feel like doing this it really does take that level of of planning and foresight before you actually do it, go ahead and, and, and here's the problem because it, the, the, there's no outcome for two years a lot of people need an immediate gratification, that that validation that you've taken an action step, there's a reward straight away, there's a pat on the head or the treat, that's it, you got it. And one of the really interesting things in the psychology of wealth, one of the things I talk about within, within the book, within the Wealth Playbook, is that when you look at people's overall wealth, there's a correlation, the more wealth they have, the longer term their goals are. And, and, and 
I'm going to put a caveat on this because and I, I met someone um, a, a few weeks ago at a live event that was in this position. They're week to week, literally working really hard, living week to week. And it's very hard when you're in that situation to look beyond that. I understand that totally. And it's not the reason you've got no money is you're not looking far enough ahead. Sometimes and I've been in that situation where it's been literally day to day, let alone week to week. Uh, it's not fun. And you have to get past that. And, and, and having the, the, the game plan to get past that is learnable. Uh, and there is a process that sits behind it, which we do teach. Um, so that notion of two years before you have that property at the north, I'm sure you're going to own everything in between the way you're going. That's right. Um, so it's never break the chain as it runs through the coast. So there's a two year window uh, of work that's going to be done there. And a lot of people would get bored with that. I haven't seen a result. I don't have the property yet. What's the point? Yet it's that incremental step-by-step expertise. So it might be in Southport and maybe you've looked at the zoning there to say that if I buy a house that's on this size block, I can rent it for two or three years to get the mortgage paid down. I've no idea what your plan is. We haven't spoken as to what that might be. Two or three years to get the mortgage paid down a little bit. In the meantime, what I'm going to do is get a development application to subdivide that block and put two townhouses on there because that's quite a viable strategy there. I own the block already. There's going to be some capital appreciation. The rent will get the mortgage down. Um, nice investment. And then, you know, as you start to develop, then Billio, the deductions really start running hard and fast. But that doesn't happen now. There's an awful lot of work in between. And if you've set that time horizon, it can happen. And again, it's really hard because that kind of outcome, and I don't know if that's what your plan would be. For yeah, thereabouts, yeah. Because um, it would make perfect sense to do that. Yeah. Uh, but that's a really, really big project. And as you'll discover when you do do that, then the whole project of developing is this huge thing too, because you've got to then chunk that down into, okay, the development applications lodged, but before I can do that, I've got to get the architect's plans. And before I can do that, I've got to get it surveyed. And before I can do that, I've got to get this done. And before I can do that, I've got to get that done. Which all goes into the planning process, right? right? Exactly what we said before. there's a lot of moving parts in there. But when you systemize it and break it down, it's just, okay, tick, that's done. And let's feed into the next one and the next one. And all of a sudden, you build that momentum up. And before you know it, that's your two or four pack done in Southport. And you go, that was okay. Let's let's do an eight pack next. And off it goes. Yeah. Great fun. And I look forward to uh, watching that one over your shoulder. Thank you. I see a few gray hairs come up when you're doing that. Yeah, I know. I'm already starting to lose a bit. (laughs) So one thing that I pick up on, AB, as you talk about this, is the the extent of these goals being somewhat longer term and people losing focus and motivation. Mm -hmm. Two areas to cap off on before we wrap up today. Number one is staying on track and Mm -hmm. motivated. And number two is actually the rewarding process in Mm -hmm. all of this, which you and I really struggle with. (laughs) So in terms of staying on track, Mm -hmm. this is really tough. Because there's a lot of distractions. If you've saved up money for a property that you realize is maybe two years down the track, it's really easy to spend that money now, for example. How do you stay on track? Well, I think, again, and, and, and this is a, a big challenge. We're in an environment in, in today's world um, where there are so many distractions. You know, there's never been more information out there. There's never been more noise. It's kind of like walking into a room that there's four or five TVs all on a different channel playing away. So this attention uh, is, is distracted very, very quickly. And that's why you've got to say that time at the start to go, what, what do I want? And more importantly, why do I want that? And if you've got a strong enough why, it cuts out that noise and distraction on the way through. If you don't have a strong enough why, you will get bounced off course. And that's why I say it's so important. Why do you want this? Why is this thing important? I want to be rich. What does that mean to you? Why is it important? Oh, so I can have time to do what I want to do. Why? I don't know. I'm really giving it much thought. I just thought it'd be really cool to have lots more time. Well, you get bored senseless. You got to have something to fill it with, especially at your age. So, you know, there's got to be a reason to drive a why. Uh, and, And so, 
you know, if you haven't spent the time doing that, it's very, very easy to get blown off course. I think that constant tracking, literally daily, weekly, monthly, and it sounds obsessive, but that's how you get great results, is to treat it seriously like a game that you intend to win rather than a little hobby that you might give it a go when you've got the headspace for it. And so those days where, you know, success over the long term is everyone in their life, wherever they might be right now, good, bad, or indifferent, is exactly where they are as a cumulative result of the decisions that they've made in their life to that point in time, all the different choices here and there. Give you an example. So you, you might choose to buy a $200 pair of sneakers, which if you were then to say, put over 20 years, uh, 10% a year, that's a $4,000 decision. It's not the 200 bucks for the sneakers. The opportunity cost is four grand. Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. Yep. Okay, because the goal of being an investor where you look through the opportunity cost lens rather than the immediate gratification lens is, 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 is really quite different. So each day, that obsessive, okay, how did I go today in terms of getting my big three done? And this is the stuff we have in the journal. You know, what are your three priorities for the day? What are your priorities for the week? What are your priorities for the month? Each day you go through, did I get them done? If not, why not? Maybe the priorities shifted or something urgent, important came in and pushed it out of the way, in which case you roll it to the next day, but you get it done. And that reflection at the end of each week where you go, okay, how was my week? Oh, gee, I was busy this week. You might have been busy, but were you effective? Did you get the things that were important to you? Not anybody else, but important to you done. So for example, it might've been that you wanted to, if we use the property example, get onto RP data and start to have a look at, 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 at valuation trends in a particular street, which is you know, a pretty specific thing to, to, to property and property development. And I didn't do it. Uh, okay, how come it didn't happen? What was the thing that blew you off course? Well, this other thing came along, health and fitness or whatever it might be, came along and took it off. Okay, that's okay, we've got an explanation for it. But if it was like, oh yeah, I started watching yeah, White Lotus on Netflix or wherever it is, and I binge watched it this week. Yeah, that's probably not quite as helpful. Yeah. And so let's revise, okay, if, if you were really serious about wanting to get this development done, then that RP data survey was an important thing. That was part of your critical path this week. So what are we going to do next week to get it back on track? Because anyone can have a bad day or maybe even a bad week. But bad weeks turn into bad months and bad months turn into a failed year. So you've got to get onto it pretty quickly. We're all human. We have our failings. Our bandwidth is finite. You can't do everything all the time. You know, you might have had something happen in the family that you needed to spend some time with a family member as a hospital or something like that, you know. Uh, but you've got to get it back on track. And that notion of never breaking the chain is key. So how do you stay on track is you hold yourself accountable. And, and that's really tough because we can all baby ourselves from time to time. I know, you know, the back end of last year, we put in play a surge, a 30-day surge within the business. And it was great. We got the job done. We got it done well. Everyone enjoyed it. We had a great celebration at the Christmas party about that. Fantastic. But there were times that it was quite challenging. I think we're nearly through this. So let's just have an easy day. And then we'll, you know, we deserve it. We're going well. Let's just have that. No, it's a finite surge that we're going on. It's only 30 days. And we'll have all the time in the world at the end of that to really take the foot off the gas because we've earned it. Let's not get blown off course of that. How was today? Oh, today we were just starting to shake a little bit. We have a team talk, get everyone revved back up. We're all back on point, pulling in the same direction. Job done. So that, that accountability is, is hugely important. Literally days, weeks, and then months and then your quarter and those four quarters give you your outcome for the year. And it's very, very important to do. Second part of that is the reward and you and I are terrible at it. Actually, it was terrible. quite good. My, my wife made me um, reward myself this year uh, with something uh, when we're in, in Rome uh, and I'll push back. It's like, nah, and she said, 
listen to yourself. You, you talk to people about setting goals and giving them a process to achieve it. And this particular goal that I'd achieved said, you have to go and reward yourself. It's okay, I don't need to do that. I've, I've kicked the goal. I, I don't need to reward myself. I said, yes, you, you do. do. And she made me, and that was great. And, and um, Emma's absolutely brilliant as a sounding board for that. She keeps me, keeps my feet on the ground, yeah. and, and keeps it real, and 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 keeps me true to to what we do. I suppose. Well, I'm still thinking about the reward from six months ago. <laughs> so I've really done that, but uh, we can't help ourselves. See, one of my goals this year is actually to reward myself, mm. which sounds crazy, right? Yeah. Reward your, your goal is to yeah. reward yourself, but I never do it. Mm. So for me, it's like okay, non-negotiable this year is. Do a big overseas trip for two weeks, milestone birthday, mm -hmm. and actually sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor because I literally never do it. And mm -hmm. I think that will provide so much benefit for me to help my other goals, which mm -hmm. makes total sense. Look, you have to, and, and, and it's so everyone, we're all different. And, you know, as my grandfather would say, he's a good Yorkshireman, you know, the, the, there's not so queer as folk. People are very strange to put that into English, not Yorkshire for a minute. And, and we all are so different. And what drives us is is so different. And we are quirky in our own ways. And I know my DNA, the way I approach my decision-making and what drives me is really, really strong. And I feel that I don't need a reward to do that because it's the actual achievement of it in, in, in itself I find rewarding because maybe, you know, uh, you know you, we've got you know, beliefs that we carry through our life uh, uh, in that respect. That said, when I do reward myself, I do kind of enjoy it. So maybe I'm softening uh, a, a little now. But you've got to work out what the thing is, what's the carrot or stick in some instances that you need to get there. And again, that's about sitting down with that bit of paper going, when I do this, not if I do this, when I do this, different kind of language here. So here's my action step. I'm going to review my actions. I'm going to modify what I'm doing. I'm going to do more of the good stuff, less of the bad. It's kind of like the growth rings on a tree. It's that concentric growing circle. That's where growth comes from, taking action steps, that are growth action steps and growing on the back of it. And, 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 and the more you start to do that, you start to really build this momentum up where it's, I can tackle anything now because I've, I've, I've had a win, it felt good, I loved that feeling, let's move on to something bigger. And that's where it becomes this sort of, um, I suppose like nuclear fusion where it's this self, uh, you know, fast breeding reactor of results, if you will. It takes a bit of time to get there, but that drives me. But gee, it's nice to have a bit of colour sometimes, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Now I come to think of it. Maybe, is it? Yeah, I suppose it is. So yeah, for anyone looking at this now at this time of the year, yeah, it's important to review what we've done. Uh, but it's also equally as important to learn from that and, and, and move forward into what the year ahead. So you can't do anything about what happened last year. You know, the past is what it is. It's gone. I think you could use an analogy. It's like a car. The, the rear view mirror in a car is actually quite small, but the windscreen is huge. So look in that small rearview mirror at what happened last year, make a decision to change it this year if you weren't satisfied with where it got you. And you've got this huge windscreen of opportunity sitting in front of you, too much opportunity. Spend the time to narrow it down, work out the lane that you want to be in and pin your colors to it and go real hard. And I think, you know, this is quite different from the previous four of these that we've done. And for anyone that's obsessive about goal setting, it's probably a good idea to go back through. You'll find that every year we do this at the start of the year and every one has been different because we're different people yep. each year because we're, we've learned new things. We've got some battle scars too. Uh, maybe we've matured to some extent. Hard to imagine two blokes ever maturing. I think that's yeah. a hypothetical, yeah. but we'll, we'll skip right. past that. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, it's a different set of lenses to, to look through this year and you know to help our clients or anybody else for that matter we've got our wealth accelerator challenge uh coming up in a couple of weeks time 15th of january uh where i'll go through this in a live workshop about the mechanics of 
specificity, setting those achievement, habit, and identity goals to get you there. So if you want more information on that, there'll be a link somewhere uh, under this, uh, which uh, which will help you get there. And you know, I can hold your hand and walk you through it. Uh, and it's interactive too. So if you have questions, we'll answer them for you. Beautiful. What You're a way to finish. Oh, man, what, I know. It's, it's so exciting where you just go, there is this blank canvas. And it is a huge windscreen. It's never been bigger. There's never been more opportunity. Uh, and the benefit of it is we're coming in even smarter than we were last year by the lessons we've learned cumulatively in our life. So I wonder where this is going to take us. And yeah, you should always be excited about the future because it is a blank canvas. It's what you want it to be. You've just got to know what you want. Absolutely. AB, thank you very much. Cracker. My pleasure anytime and happy new year again, buddy. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.